Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates from General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery, and I want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us as we learn together now what it means to be Free Methodists in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Okay, episode 140, March 9th, 2020. Just have a couple things for you here. The first is, uh, remember some time ago we learned about the Good News Translation's 50th anniversary edition that was coming out? So we're talking about edition of the Bible. Uh, The Good News Translation, they had featured some different magazines on the front cover. Sojourners Magazine, uh, Christianity Today. And one of the magazines that was featured on the front cover of this 50th anniversary edition of the Good News Translation was Light and Life Magazine, of course, the Free Methodist Magazine. Um, And so they had come out with uh, copies of that uh, maybe about a year or so ago. Um, And the update on that is that there are actually uh, 40 or so um, Bibles available in the warehouse at headquarters for free. So if you wanted to get one of those, if you said, I wish I would have had a copy of that, um, you can go ahead and email. It's uh, bookstore at fmcusa.org. Or you can just call direct and put in an order for that. That is 317-616-4799. And just ask for a free copy of the uh, the Good News Translation that they have there. Um, it's on first-come, first-served basis. So as soon as people call in, you know, that's going to be it and they're going to be gone. Um, they also have some other um, Bibles as well, but they had a much more limited quantity of those, uh, some 1984 NIVs. Uh, those were... Also free, but very limited amount, so they may already be gone. Um, But just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody listening wanted to get a a copy of that and and didn't previously. Um, And then let's go ahead and look over our prayer guide for the ninth. Uh, We are to pray for Asia today. And specifically, we're going to be praying for Eric, who is our area director in Asia. Um, Pray for Eric to have an ever-deepening, abiding love for Jesus. Ask for Holy Spirit-guided discernment and love in leadership decisions and for one million Asians to be influenced into the kingdom for the Father's glory. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we just uh, pray for the work that Eric is doing here in Asia across as the area director. And we pray that uh, this wouldn't just be a job or you know something that he does to pay the bills or something like that, uh, but that this would be out of a love for you and that that love um, wouldn't find its peak in his youth or find his peak uh, in some past day that he could look back on and wish to go back to, but that uh, he can continue climbing that metaphorical mountain of, of love with you, uh, and that this would be a continued thing, uh, that he would continue to abide in you, as your scriptures say, abiding in the vine, um, that he would, he would do that. Uh, and we pray that that love, out of that love, would come this uh, discernment and the decisions that he needs to make as a leader. Um, and we pray uh, that, that, as it says in this guide here, we're just um, asking for a big uh, revival, a big uh, change in the hearts of people here in Asia. We're asking that you would be a changing, uh, you, would, you would make the, be a changing factor in people's lives, uh, in one million lives of Asians, in, the, in um, 
all of these areas, I'm thinking of, of Eric's areas, but all of the different churches that he specifically is, is, in, is included under his care, or is included under his ministry, included under his uh, oversight as, as an area director. I mean, we pray for all the missionaries that submit their, them, themselves to Eric's leadership. We pray for all those missionaries that they would be guided by his leadership, that they would know exactly what the next step so that they can reach out to more Asian people and that they, these people could be influenced into the kingdom for the Father's glory. And so we just ask that you'll be with them, give them that strength even now as I pray this as I'm recording, but then as people continue to listen to this countless other times, we just uh, pray that every time this prayer is heard, that again, they'll feel that strengthening, that they'll feel bold. And I pray that uh, those who are listening today would be able to confirm and affirm this and continue to pray uh, for Asia as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll go ahead and take a little break. We'll be right back. This is Bud McDowell, a former announcer for the Light and Life Hour, and you're listening to FMC Radio. Well, today we have with us someone that has not been on the podcast, but they are uh, from a community, from a location that we've actually uh, been very familiar with here on this show, actually in several episodes. Uh, so today we have with us Jessica Wilson, who is the development director at the Warm Beach Camp. And Jessica, thanks for just coming on and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, just to kind of start out, why don't you just um, tell us a little bit about yourself and some of your background and what you're doing today? Sure. So I've been at Warm Beach Camp for 14 years. Um, I started off in the kitchen, which at a lot of camps, that's where folks start off is in the kitchen. (laughs) And um, Mm. I... um, I've been working in the development department for about the last 10 years. I was the volunteer coordinator prior to being the development director. And I've been in the development director position for about four, about four or five years. Um, so around here, I'm still the new kid on the block, but I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and just have a deep love for camp. Nice. And now, I mentioned just a moment ago that we have talked to a couple people from different other aspects of what's happening there on the property. Um, Now, in episode 68, for those who have listened for a long time, or if you're a newer listener, you can go back to episode 68 to hear um, about the Warm Beach um, Senior Living Center that is on the property. Now, Jessica, you're not um, in charge of or really related to that specifically, although it's right close in proximity. You got it, yes. So we are two separate entities. But our property, the only thing dividing us in the senior community is a a little wooden fence. And we share lots of community activities back and forth together. So while we're separately governed or separately, you know, we have separate boards and those sorts of things, we are still a very close community. So one thing that I'm I'm just thinking of the camps that I've been to, and we've done uh, countless other episodes about family camps and been to one in West Virginia and one in Pennsylvania. Um, And they're pretty much, the ones that I've personally been to are very standard in that they have the family camp, teen camp, kids camp. Um, But after those really three or four events, um, really it's kind of a ghost town there. They have the people that live there to kind of keep the camp up um, throughout the year and kind of do some maintenance and whatnot. But um, there are very standard activities. Um, but it sounds like from just a little bit that I do know, um, there's quite a bit happening through what's happening on the Warm Beach property. Um, we just man- mentioned a few things, uh, but can you give us an overview of kind of the events and bigger activities that take place on this property throughout the year? 
Oh, sure. Yeah. So we are a year-round 700-bed um, camp and conference center. So we not only do camps, but we also um, service churches, schools, and nonprofits. So those entities can come in and um, host their own events here. And then we will support them with things like lodging, meals, meeting rooms, recreational activities, those kinds of things. Mm. Um, last year, I want to say about over 30,000 individuals spent spent the night here that doesn't include people who came in for other events for day events um so but about thirty thousand people spent the night here last year we served about 180 schools and nonprofits last year um so while we have our slower seasons there's never really a season where we're offline um we're always going we're always doing um our program our programs that we that we create the infrastructure for and staff would be um, we have horsemanship camps, um, which include therapeutic riding, riding lessons, vaulting. Um, then we have um, outdoor education. That's the public schools coming in and doing their outdoor education programs with us. Um, we do the lights of Christmas, family camps, swim lessons, um, special friends day camps and special friends overnight camps. Um, and then we have some fundraising events like an auction and a couple of other things that happen on the grounds throughout the year. So it's really, it's the camp is always kind of buzzing in one way or another, no matter what time of year it is. Which is probably why most camps that I've heard of, I've never heard of a development director. I mean, that's pretty official for most family camps. Like, yeah, we have a couple volunteers. They meet together and kind of, you know, make some decisions. We have a president of the camp, uh, but you guys have so much, you, you have to have, you know, a lot of, uh, well, how many staff do you, do you guys have? So, um, year round, I want to say we run around 35. Okay. Um, and then during, uh, during our, you know, other seasons during the summer, um, and during the lights of Christmas, of course it, there's a large influx of summer staff and lights of Christmas staff. Okay. And I want to say we probably go up to about a hundred, 125 when you start including part-time staff in the, in our peak seasons. Okay. Well, and this is, uh, now I'm going to get a little off topic for one second, but I just have to ask, what is that? What is, ex- what is exactly the lights of Christmas? What is that? Okay. So the lights of Christmas is a lighted walkthrough Christmas event. Um, okay. We host it for the, uh, for the month of December. This last year we had 63,000 people who came. Um, and it's, we, we kind of consider it an outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, it's an event where people from our community will come to the camp. Lots of people will come to Warm Beach Camp who would never set foot on this gra- on the grounds otherwise. And so um, we, we basically decorate about um, several acres of the camp. And we have uh, live music, food vendors, um, pony rides. We have tons of activities for the kids. Um, we, and we decorate everything up and we open our doors and we say, hey, everybody should come on in and have fun with us. So um, that happens for the entire month of December. And it's, I believe we are head, coming up on our 22nd year of the Lights of Christmas. And so far, we're not slowing down. So it's been, it's been a hit and a tradition for lots of families over the years. 
Wow. Every single time I hear about this, it was like the first time is that hearing about the senior living center. Now this stuff is like, I really wish I was closer. I want to go out to Washington, be there at Christmas, want to be there for all these different things. Check this out. I mean, like even the food they were telling me at the senior center is like so great compared to what you would normally get at, at a senior living place. And so I'm assuming the food is probably pretty good over there at the camp too for stuff that you guys have. Yeah, so it's funny, actually, as to the senior community, sometimes they have a little restaurant over there, and sometimes I'll just go over there for lunch because <laughs> it's, it's better and easier than going into town. So, yeah. yes, I can I can vouch for the food next door. Also, the food during Lights of Christmas, we bring in um, food trucks and food vendors. So we're bringing in people who are really great at what they do, at, at the food that they make. And so um, – you can get everything from elephant ears to churros to quesadillas to burgers. Um, oh. Lights of Christmas is just kind of a food extravaganza. We had a bake shop this year that had cheesecakes and cookies and cake pops. That, I mean, it's you, you kind of got to watch it. At least there's lots of walking that you do during the Lights of Christmas. <laughs> I guess that's true. So, well, when we start talking yeah. about food, that's like basically I'm just going to be start making my plans. Like if you don't hear me respond to something, you say it's because I'm like Googling flights now to try to find out how to get there <laughs> on that time. But come on over. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a matter of when I'm going to get over there versus, you know, if I will. Um, yeah. <laughs> but see, see, now I'm getting all off track. What I really wanted to talk to you about today about the camp was something that yeah. was actually brought up. Um, yet, yet another of these of these events that occur, um, special activities, special events, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, it was brought up in the Light and Life in January, the Light and Life magazine. So some listeners may have said, oh, yeah, I read this article by Kayla, um, talked about this special friends camp. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that today, get deeper than we were able to have in just the two pages of the article. Um, but tell us a little bit about the beginning of special friends camp. When and how did this get started? Oh, sure. So Special Friends Camp started in 2007 with one week of day camp and we had 16 campers. So and the reason part of the reason that it was so small was um, because it happened very quickly. We actually had um, um, a mom, a couple of moms who were down at the horse barns um, and their their kids were participating in some horseback riding, some therapeutic riding. And Ed, our direct Ed McDowell, the director of the camp, was also down at the barns. And um, Leah and Shelley, the moms, actually approached Ed and said, "Hey, what would you? How would you feel about doing a day camp for special needs kids? Special needs kids." And um, he he said, "Well, let's let's talk." And they basically said, "Well, you have all of the infrastructure. You're already doing it. We already had day camps, and so." you have the infrastructure for it. The kids would just be a little bit bigger. And so special friends camp has evolved from that point. Um, we now do, um, we do seven day camps with 34 campers and we do six overnight camps with 16 campers per camp. So clearly over the years it has grown. Um, but it started from that one small camp in 2007 with 16 campers and a couple of moms who just really, um, had a passion for, you know, getting something started for their own kids. Um, lots of people don't understand that um, when you have a special needs person in your life, once they reach the age of 18, their services kind of disappear. And so the, the camp was started with the idea that 
we would be servicing um, and ministering to people who were um, over the age of 18 or, you know, in the older ranges because their services have basically gone. Mm, okay. So this is really yeah. filling a need, uh, not just a, an additional fun activity, you know, out there. It's it's also filling this need that um, is has been taken away almost. Yeah, actually, there are in our county alone, Snohomish County alone, there are over a hundred thousand individuals with special needs. Hmm. So, and that's just one county in the state of Washington. And I, I, I truly believe that this is the situation nationwide. People just it's not talked about. You don't hear about it. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and and uh, individual, I don't know if you're familiar with her or not, um, but that we have we've we've um, interviewed and talked to a couple times here on the podcast um, is uh, well related to God's Choice Church, um, a service that has begun for special needs people. There are um, actually oh. many locations. Mostly, um, it started in Pennsylvania um, and Ohio. Um, and so it's kind of more Eastern right now, um, but it is spreading yeah. out. And there's this idea that, um, you know, um, there are all sorts of churches everywhere, but this uh, woman, Shirley, uh, she has a special needs son. And uh, back in 2010, she was thinking about what's the next, where's God calling her to go next? She's a pastor in the Free Methodist Church. And she thought, well, what am I gonna, uh, where is God calling me? And she thought it was to start a service specifically for special needs people. And she wasn't sure about doing it back and forth, back and forth, um, but eventually ended up um, you know, going forward with it, listening to what God had for her. And now there's all these, I, I don't know what the latest count is, but there are countless locations that people have started up um, based upon her model of a service for special needs people and they're reaching all sorts of people. And it reminds me of what you're just saying is, um, you know, a lot of communities she's spoken to or churches, they say, well, I don't really know if we have, you know, a very big um, representation of special needs people in our town. And what they found, those people who have said that when they actually reached out, they found that there are a lot of these communities, um, but that it's like you say, kind of just under the surface that if you're not looking, uh, you're not going mm -hmm. to know. You're not gonna know about that. Exactly. Exactly. The thing that we have found with Special Friends Camp is, like I said, we started with one week of day camp, and we've over time continued to increase camps, and there has never been a time when our camps have not be, been completely maxed out. Wow. The, the more we offer, the more they get filled, and we just... We're, and so we've, like, as you said, we've started looking, and when you start looking, you start seeing the massive amount of need that's there. And so um, we're just excited about continuing to serve that population. Yeah, absolutely. So during these camps, you already have said there's some day camp and there's overnight options. Um, yep. So what kinds of activities would they would people be doing if they were there? Sure. So we offer, um, we, we operate under a, a yes, you, we call it a yes, you can environment. So we have felt that um, special needs folks are told all day long that they, they're told, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, it's, it's not safe, those kinds of things. Um, and so we operate under the idea that we want to offer every single thing that a traditional camper would be offered. 
So um, our special friends day camp, our, our special friends campers across the board have the opportunity to participate in the high ropes course, the climbing wall. There's a horsemanship experience, mini golf, skits, train rides, craft times. There's themed events. We have concerts, talent shows. There's chapel. Um, it's like I can, I'm going to stop now. But yeah, <laughs> but a lot of the things. list just it's all this it's all this everything that you think of as a traditional camping experience that's what's we're, that's what we're offering at special friends camp and you have all the resources to be able to do that because of this all the property and all the things that that are always there yeah and really and people people who the volunteers that come around the program and honestly as we've grown we realize that if you're if you, there there is equipment that's needed and so over the years we've We've been purchasing equipment that will allow our campers to be safely to be safe in the activities that they're doing. Special harnesses for the for the climbing wall and the high ropes course. Um, we're looking into getting a wheelchair swing, so we can just push the wheelchairs up onto the swing, and the and the camper can stay in their wheelchair but still be on a swing. Okay. Um, so there 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 are certain pieces of equipment and training and those kinds of things that you need but really it's it, it it's all supported by people who are willing to do the work and have a heart for it so yeah yeah so one thing you were just talking about about the the yes you can um atmosphere and everything that it that's great it it leads me into my next question though which is about um you know sometimes people people say well why why create an additional piece here so with what you've just what you've just said you say well we have all these options and really we have all of our options available during the special friends camp um so someone might say well then why have the special friends camp why not just have camp like you always do and say hey all the special uh, needs people they're all invited to to the general camp why have a, a very specific special needs um camp for for them yeah so um all of our special friends are certainly welcome at any of our camps. But as we started looking into, um, like I said before, when you start looking, you start noticing, hey, wait a minute, there's there's a whole lot more going on here than we initially thought. And once we started realizing that there was a greater need, we felt that it was important to create a community for adults with special needs in Snohomish County um, because it's a population that's not being served. Mm-hmm. And while while it is family camp is great um you're kind of inviting people into another environment where they're being asked to um i don't want to say conform but um everyone around them is the, the types of people that they encounter um in a day who um may not be as understanding of some of their special needs or um might not have that camp might not have the resources to get them up a climbing wall um so we thought that it was important to open up a community um or or set the foundation for a community where folks can come in and be just like everybody else and be understood and not not asked to conform and where there's no judgment and where they feel safe as an individual. I feel like a lot of our special friends on a day-to-day basis in their day-to-day lives don't necessarily feel safe or understood. And that happens for them at special friends camp. The other, the other aspect of that too, is that we, because a special friends camp 
um, is tailored for special friends, and we offer um, camps consecutively. So um, our camps run for seven full weeks, and we'll have some campers who will come for two or three of those weeks at a time. Um, and for them, it kind of creates a sense of family. Um, so there's, there's, there's a kind of a couple of answers to that question where we're wanting to yeah. create community, we're wanting to create a safe place where they're, where, where they're, where we are meeting their needs at the forefront and it's not a secondary thought to the process. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's again very um, what your answers are and what we're talking about here echoes um, what Shirley Elosh in Ohio has has experienced with God's choice of that idea of um, you know when her son specifically uh, is was in is in um, just services um, it's not as if you know people in the church services are trying looking to uh, put somebody out or to exclude someone. Um, but there's a misunderstanding um, sometimes about uh, special needs people and, and different aspects to what's going on. And so someone makes a loud noise during a service. Oh, yep. they're not yep. supposed to be making that sound. The pastor's preaching. You know, they're looking at them weird and, and, and mm -hmm. maybe um, not understanding what's behind that. Um, and so, you know, what she's doing, same thing kind of like you're saying, it's like, uh, there's this maybe a misunderstanding that then can lead to um, some of those deeper issues uh, among among the people. Um, and so, um, yeah, just creating this other opportunity for that growth, for that, um, yeah, that, those, to, that uh, relationship with God and with each other to thrive. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So as you've been a part of these camps over the years, um, what have you seen and what would you say are some of the biggest blessings that um, kind of have come out of it for you? Yeah. Um, I would say that over time, so I've, like I said, I've been here since the inception of Special Friends Camp, and I have watched the entire culture of camp change. Um, and it's been, I think for our year-round staff, it's been a subtle change in that um, our staff has more compassion and understanding for people with special needs. And I, I can even say for myself, when I now when I'm in a grocery store and I see someone with special needs, I'm way more likely to engage that person or start a conversation or ask mom how she's doing or, you know, just kind of, um, it, it's not intimidating to me any longer. Um, and I would say for our, so, and that's happened for all of our staff, I feel. Um, I've seen that kind of spread throughout the year-round staff. And then and then this the seasonal staff that come in and are working with a special friend, and we call them our buddies. So at Special Friends Camp, each camper gets a buddy. So it's one-to-one -one counseling. Mm. Um, and so you'll have some folks that come in and they have never, this is their first close interaction with a person with special, special needs. And they are taking a leap of faith. They're just here and they say, I'm, I'm jumping in and I'm going to go for it. Um, but they're still a little bit intimidated. Um, and then you'll have folks who come in and are a little bit more comfortable, but across the board, when our buddies leave camp, um, we just hear over and over that camp has changed their lives and it changes the way that they interact with special needs people. And, and it also, we've had people even go on to say that they are, um, 
they've gone on to study, um, to, to pursue a career, um, helping folks with special needs, whatever that looks like that, if that's in the school system or, or whatever the case may be, but they get in and it's so life changing for them that they sometimes change their career path to pursue this. Um, so there's, there's this subtle change all the way up to like the subtle change of being able to just, um, being able to interact and feel comfortable and, um, engage the special needs community all the way up to people changing their career path. Um, and I, I just feel like no matter who encounters special friends camp, whether, whether it be from a distance or up close special friends camp has given us all a different perspective on what the kingdom of God looks like and how it acts. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's how we sum it up. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's um, that's something that I when I was reading that article in January's Light and Life, it was um, a statement that was very similar um, that was written there. It said, "Through the experiences at Special Friends Camp, a glimpse of what heaven may look like is uncovered." So it's like almost the same type of thing that you're saying. It's like, um, it, it, and people like you were just explaining. Some of the people that are working there have never worked with. Um, special friends uh, have never worked with any special needs before um, and you know to some degree uh, maybe think well it just sounds like a good opportunity a good job opportunity good something to do this summer you know um, don't really know what they're in for in a sense in terms of like ultimately like you're saying the blessings of their life being changed um, and they're thinking they're going in there maybe possibly uh, some, some people that have done it to say well I'm going to help this person <laughs> I'm gonna go help yeah. the, the campers here and, and which yeah. they are, but then they find mm-hmm. out that they're actually helped themselves. So it's like yes. turning that around. Um, yep. But tell us about what more about what that line means that you just said in that Kayla wrote about, about what, what what ways does this camp give a look into the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. Well, the kingdom of God is, it's all inclusive. It's a place um, of freedom with lack of judgment, it's a place of joy. It's a place where you are fully you. And for anybody who's visited Special Friends Camp, that's exactly what you would see. That's that's the environment that you would walk into. Um, there's actually a there's a point in the day that really kind of sums this up for me. Um, we have, we call it the DART bus. I don't know what that's short for, but it's it's a bus that um, some of our higher functioning special needs, special friends can, it's a bus they can take to the camp. And so this bus pulls in and it's just loaded up with special friends campers. Now, kind of stepping back one step, you kind of got to understand where these special friends, these special needs folks are coming from. A lot of them live in homes where they're cared for by staff and not a family member, and they have extremely low incomes. Um, all of them, almost across the board, live below the poverty line. Um, their activities are limited to whatever the staff of that facility can provide, and they're kind of visited on occasion or maybe more frequently sometimes by family members. Um so this is their this is their thing. More, like special friends day camp is their their community where they're with their people doing what they want to do together. So when that dart bus 
comes off of Marine Drive, which is the, the rain road that comes into the camp and turns and turns to come into the camp, the 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 folks on that bus just start to buzz. Like when the bus pulls up, you can almost see the bus bouncing because they are so excited to be there. And outside of the bus is a group of volunteers and staff members who are all there for them. And they're outside. They've created a tunnel like you see at a basketball game. And they flank the sides of the door to the bus. And the minute that bus door opens, all of them start cheering for every single camper that gets off of that bus. Mm. They're high-fiving. They're running down. They are the, they are the star of the show. And they know it. And this mm. is what they've been waiting for for the entire year. And so they're, they're running down that, they're running down that, that corridor of people who are their biggest fans. And honestly, it gives me goosebumps when I talk about it, because that is what the kingdom of God looks like. Like you are being cheered on for everything that you are by a great crowd of witnesses. And so that, that moment of the day, sometimes I, I, we'll be walking to work and that will be happening and I'll just stop and take a minute to watch from a distance that dart bus come in and those kids get off and that joyous explosion happen at the beginning of their of their camp experience and it just gets me every time <laughs> wow yeah that that's awesome is that you know Jesus told a lot of stories where we where we get the the phrase the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of God um, you know, that's actually what he talked about more than anything else was this idea of the kingdom of God. But he often, he didn't just come right out and say, well, this is what it is. And, you know, this is what's going to happen. Or, you know, he, he said, well, it's kind of like, and then he would tell like a little story, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God interchangeably, depending on the gospel you're reading, um, is kind of like this or that. And really, again, that's, that's what we're talking about here. The, the kingdom of God is kind of like, a special friends camp, you know, um, that this happens and, and there's that cheering, which is like when someone comes to God and the angels are cheering when they're entered into, you know, entered into the heavenly, uh, spiritual family. And, you know, there's so many different, uh, perspectives or, you know, um, connections we could make with those, uh, that symbolism. But, um, yes, it's just that moment of so many people choose to, it's really a, a choosing to, cause, uh, choose, so many people choose to look around and just say, I, I don't know, I don't see any evidence of, you know, spiritual things in our world or evidence of God or, you know, whatever, or I'm not too sure about that. Um, but really, I, I like more what Einstein said. Einstein, um, Albert Einstein once said that we can choose to see the world as if nothing is miraculous or we can choose to see it as if everything is miraculous. And uh-huh. so this idea that, you know, you can choose to look around and be like, oh, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's just a bunch of people getting excited, coming off a bus. Well, okay, well, that doesn't prove mm-hmm. God. Or you can say, like, this is actually a window into um, a realm just beyond what we can see with our, with our senses. Um, and it actually is a window into the kingdom of heaven. And so, um, yeah, thank you for um, sharing this with us. And it was great to be able to just be able to uh, get deeper from beyond the little the pictures and I would actually invite people to go back now into the January issue of Light and Life because audio we're able to get deeper and explain more but what we can't do is show all the pictures that they're able to do in Light and Life and and give you that visual. Right. So that's something yeah. that's really important too. 
Um, is there also a website or something that people could go and, and see some more about this online? They sure can. Yep, you can go to um, warmbeach.com. And um, under our camps and events section, there is um, there's a special special needs camp section, and you can go into there. And it's there's tons of pictures, information. If there are folks who want to come out and volunteer, just my little plug for volunteerism. Um, yeah. We it it does take about um, about 300 volunteers per summer to make it happen. So wow. there's volunteer options there. There's pictures of camp. There's video. It's it's there's great stuff. So you should go check it out. Awesome. Now I just I just need to decide: Am I going to want to go to that in the summer sometime to go visit? So, I mean, I'm on the East Coast. So am I going to do that, or am I going to go at Christmas, or you know, I don't know. At least the restaurants are always open at the you know I could go any time of the year for that at the Warren Beach Senior Living. So exactly, <laughs> and we'll take we'll take you any time of year. So you could just you know come twice. Well, that's true. Okay, <laughs> all right, that sounds good. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much again for for talking to us more about this. Same. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, and keep us updated. Let us know about um, coming up updates and, and different things that are happening at the camp and anything that you have to share with us. Will do. Thanks so much. Thank you.